everyone. This is Tom Salemi of Device Talks. Welcome to our newest podcast, Striker Talks. Few companies in the medical device industry touch the entire spectrum of healthcare like Striker. From accident scenes to ERs, from ORs to patient rooms, Striker delivers the supplies, tools, and devices used to provide patients with the highest quality of care. In this podcast, we'll talk with the company's leaders to gain a better understanding of how innovation, new technologies, and teamwork will further Striker's mission. Let's go. Everybody, this is Tom Salemi. Welcome back to the Striker Talks podcast. I'm excited to bring you this conversation I had with Robbie Robinson, the president of Spine at Striker. We'll talk about Robbie's path into medtech. We'll talk about how Striker Spine is moving forward after its acquisitions of K2M and Mobius. And we'll talk about the Spine Group's future. Before we begin this conversation, I'd like to bring in our sponsor, Tegra Medical. I'm speaking with Mike Trelevin. Mike's the Senior Vice President of Engineering at Tegra. Mike, we know Tegra Medical has been creating spinal implants and instruments for decades, but what else can you tell us about the company? Tegra Medical is, as our tagline says, where medical devices come to life. We contract manufacture complex components and devices exclusively for the medical device industry. We have a large range of manufacturing technologies like laser processing, precision machining, and injection molding. And we make single-use and reusable devices, many of which are for minimally invasive surgeries in areas such as cardiovascular, orthopedic, spine, drug delivery, and many others. Tegra Medical was created by combining companies that were experts with certain manufacturing technologies. It was all part of a strategy to create a single contract manufacturing organization with the synergies to offer true end-to-end contract manufacturing. We'll hear more from Mike Trelevin of Tegra Medical a little later in the podcast. If you want more information on Tegra Medical, go to Tegra. Tegra is spelled T-E-G-R-A medical.com. Well, Robbie Robinson, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to learn about the spine space for uh, for Striker. It's uh, the spine. I think is just remains one of the coolest areas within medtech. There's just a lot of innovation going on, rapid moving, fast paced. A lot of new adoption of technologies. Spine surgeons are, are certainly fast adopters, I think, and I, I'll ask you about that in a bit. But before I get into all that cool stuff, let's find out about cool stuff on your side of the house, <laughs> your career, and how you found your way to Striker and into medtech. What was your first job in medtech? Well, Tom, it's interesting. I actually sort of stumbled my way into med tech. Um, <laughs> I had no idea what this industry was prior to coming to Stryker. I spent a little time initially as a, uh, a teacher and a coach, a, a high school football coach. Wow. Yeah, but uh, I was broke, and so I was looking for another gig. <laughs> so I got a job in the defense industry, which uh, paid me a little more, but I was bored out of my mind. And so I, I reached out to a friend at the time who was the director of career placement at the business school at the University of Colorado. And I just said, hey, Mary, if you would, if any cool companies stop by, if you wouldn't mind passing my resume along, I'd really appreciate it. And so uh, Stryker just so happened to stop by shortly thereafter. And the rest is history. 18 and a half years later, still home. Wow. What was it that appealed to you when you got the phone call from Stryker? I'm sure some other industries would have come a calling uh, if you uh, if you had waited. 
Well, I, I wasn't too sure which direction I wanted to go. I just knew, Tom, that I didn't want to be bored or broke. And so uh, <laughs> I got the call from Stryker and then showed up. And when I got there uh, for the interview, it was just incredible. I was really drawn to the people who have since become like family to me. And and really, that's why I've continued to call this home and why I've continued to stay. It's really around the meaningful relationships that I've been able to build. When you've been here as long as I have, the people that you work with start to feel more like family than co-workers, and it's getting harder and harder to distinguish between the two. And so, you know, I just have this, this strong connection to the people here. And then along the way, the companies continue to give me opportunities to learn and grow and increase from uh, the standpoint of responsibility and to, to be able to impact others. And in my opinion, you can't ask for much more than that. No, that's a great measure. So what was your first business you were part of at, at Stryker when you joined? It looks like in 2004. Was it endoscopy? It was. It was, Tom. So I spent 12 years, just eh, maybe just shy of 12 years at endoscopy. I started in an entry-level marketing role, moved into a sales representative role for a number of years. I was a sales manager and then uh, was a marketing director. So that was my endoscopy tenure. Uh, at some point, I got a phone call and was asked to move to uh, the major metropolitan city of Kalamazoo, Michigan. <laughs> so, uh, I left California, which is where I spent that 12 years, the first 12 years at Stryker. My family and I moved to Kalamazoo, where I spent about five years. Uh, my first role there was as the vice president and general manager of our interventional spine business. Uh, so spent a number of years running that organization. Then while still in Kalamazoo, hopped over to our heavy-duty power tool business, uh, which we call orthopedic instruments. And so did that for some time before uh, hopping over to lead the spine division in June of 2021 and relocated my family to, to uh, Northern Virginia. Interesting. So what skills were you able to sort of tap into and to build what's been a great career in med tech? I mean, coming from the teacher side of thing, I guess someone listening to this who maybe isn't aware of what you need to succeed in, in med tech, what really helped you the most in executing in your job on advancing in med tech? What were, what were the skills that you, you found most useful? Yeah, I think you you nailed a few. I mean, as a as a teacher and a coach, I think being a good listener, being able to develop people, having a good eye for talent, you know, being a, a former athlete, I think time management, discipline, some of those things. Uh, being able, to, yeah, being able to take coaching and feedback, I think were all things that were really helpful early in my career. And then as I transitioned into a management role, uh, and then as a as a leader in the organization, I think some of the things that have been important to me are certainly the ability to build relationships and having that connection and the ability to build community and really Tom being genuine and authentic in that. I think people can feel when, when that's not the case, being able to empower people, letting other people learn and grow and giving them the space to, to have those experiences and to really have that opportunity to learn and grow. And then I think just the fact that when you're an athlete or when you're in sports or even to a, as a teacher or a coach to some degree, I think you certainly have a, uh, an orientation towards results and results mattering. Uh, and really being able to set that tone around performance. So whether it was as an individual contributor, as I moved into a management role, or even leading organizations today, I think those are some of the things that that I've been able to carry with me that are important to me, uh, or things that I aspire to to be able to do. It's interesting. And you got, you got your MBA. I, I'm just curious, how critical is that if someone's sort of in uh, earlier on in the past, similar to yours, MBA seems like it's a necessity, right? Well, I think it depends on on your path and and certainly understanding the the gaps that you have. Tom, yeah. at that particular time in my career, there were just some things that that I needed more experience in, or I needed to understand better. 
you know, the NBA certainly helped supplement some of the gaps that I had at the time. And I think the other benefit too was just exposure to other industries and other leadership styles and uh, and really understanding my own style and the things that were important in my own journey. So it really helped me at that particular time in my career. I tell you, there, there are a lot of folks at Stryker who have done incredibly well and had long careers and have been very successful who don't have their MBA. So I, I think it really depends on the person. Uh, for me, it was a necessity, but for others, probably not so much. Interesting. All right. Well, good advice for folks. The young folks who are listening to the podcast. There you go. <laughs> Let's talk a bit about spine. We're going to take a quick break from this conversation to bring back our sponsor, Tegra Medical. I'm here again with Mike Trelevin, Senior Vice President of Engineering at Tegra Medical. Mike, you mentioned end-to-end solutions. Tell me more about what makes Tegra Medical's end-to-end solutions different than other companies. Well, many contract manufacturers claim to offer end-to-end solutions, but in reality, their expertise is focused in one area like plastics or simply assembly and packaging. When they say end-to-end, what they really mean is they offer supply chain management. And we like to differentiate ourselves because what we offer is far from just supply chain management. Tegra Medical is vertically integrated, allowing us to do the metal and plastics. We support our customers, beginning with our Genesis Tech Center product development services and extending all the way through manufacturing, finished devices, packaging, and sterilization management. This is really helpful in today's environment where regulatory processes are so stringent. It allows us to be under a single quality management system for an entire project. Mike, OEMs insist on getting sharp devices from their CMOs. What's the challenge with this? And what are the other factors that an OEM needs to keep in mind when choosing a manufacturer for their spinal devices? We're known for not only creating sharp devices, but, and this is more difficult, keeping them sharp. We're able to manufacture the metal business end of a device and then keep it sharp all the way through the entire manufacturing process, including insert molding, which often causes issues with other manufacturers. No surgeon wants to find out an instrument isn't sharp enough while in the operating room. The other thing our customers really appreciate is that we're willing to manufacture the devices others find too difficult to make. For example, creating devices and implants with anatomical bends is very precise work. We've developed a proprietary process for creating the anatomical bends in intermedullary nails without compromising the implants, holes, and slots. We've often taken on work that other manufacturers walked away from because it was too difficult and or too hard to do efficiently. Our years of experience making implants has positioned us well for challenges like this, and we look forward to tackling more of them. That's great stuff, Mike Shlevin. Thanks, of course, to Tegra Medical for sponsoring. If you'd like more information, you can find it at tegramedical.com. That's T-E-G-R-A medical.com. Let's talk a bit about spine. I mean, I kind of gave my my two cent opinion uh, at the top. I think it's an exciting space. What was the first sign that you you were going to be moving into the space? When did you become involved with spine? Well, as you know, my predecessor, my predecessor, Eric Major, was here for quite some time, uh, who led K2M and then led Stryker post-integration. And so really that September timeframe when I entered into the spine organization was really the first time. I certainly had some familiarity. The interventional spine business is sort of spine adjacent, if you will, called on some of the same customers, had some of the same market behaviors, maybe to a, a slightly lesser degree. So I was familiar with Spine, but really didn't get involved in the organization until I actually took on the role in June of 2021. And what do you, what's your assessment of the Spine space now that you've been uh, been leading this group for uh, for over a year? 
Well, you hit on something earlier that I, I certainly think rang true to me and resonates. The speed of innovation here uh, is unlike anything I've ever seen. The intensity from a competition standpoint, also pretty intense, uh, mm-hmm. just the number of, of companies and competitors. And then I think the other thing that really makes Spine special, at least in my perspective, is, is just the customer intimacy, the degree to which the business is wrapped around the customer. It's incredibly high touch. The opportunity to co-create with your customers is unlike anything that that I had experienced in any of the other businesses that I'd been in. So, listen, I I love it. I love the uh, the pace of it, and it's been really good. Excellent. So, let's talk a bit about the business itself. You mentioned the K two M acquisition it was a, it was a, a huge acquisition and a big bold move for Stryker when when they made it. K two M built an outstanding business in the spine space. Coming into this group, when you did, did it already feel like one big happy spine family business? Or is there, are there still some sort of integration uh, issues going on uh, in sort of different cultures? No, listen, I, I think I, I, I would give credit to Eric here uh, and, and Spencer Stiles, for that matter, who's the group president of Orthopedics mm-hmm. and Spine. Between the two of them, they did a phenomenal job leading the organization through the integration. And, and uh, at least, again, in my perspective, probably one of the fastest and best integrations of, of large spine deals that I can think of, just from the standpoint of more objective measures like how quickly do you get to cross-selling? How quickly do you integrate the sales force? How quickly do you integrate the back office systems? All those things have been settled really well. And then culturally, I think between the two gentlemen, they did a really nice job and the broader leadership teams for that matter, did a really nice job of getting things to a point of, of stability. Look, I, I think whether whether you go through an integration or not, I think you always have challenges along the way and, and certainly Spine and Striker are no exception. But I think the organization is in a tremendous position uh, to be able to manage through those things. It's a tumultuous time just in general. And so, uh, look, Stryker Spine is not immune to some of the macroeconomic things that are happening and, and we're muscling through those things. But otherwise, I think relative to the integration, we're in a really good spot, Tom. Excellent. I want to talk about the Mobius acquisition in a moment, but let's just, just focus on the challenges that some med tech companies, most med tech companies have felt over the last couple of years in terms of supply chain and, and, and things like that. First, I'll, I'll talk about the pandemic. You weren't leading the spine group in 2020 when the pandemic hit, but I'm imagining that the spine business saw the same kind of slowdowns that a lot of other quote unquote non-elective procedures or companies that are products for non-elective quote unquote non-elective procedures saw, even though it's hard to say spine is an elective procedure. I mean, people are in pain. There's nothing elective about it. Yeah, that's right. I think, um, you know, certainly we weren't immune to those things. And and um, as surgical volumes changed, uh, we, we certainly were impacted there. And then, yeah, absolutely. From a supply challenge standpoint, particularly for our business, Tom, you see issues with electronic componentry for our enabling technology side, some of the bigger capital items. And and shortages there. So we had to work through that. But um, certainly pricing pressures throughout the value chain are things that uh, we continue to work through. Regulatory complexities and changes there, especially as you look at new regulation in, in Europe. And then again, just the, the sheer number of competitors, speed of innovation, inventory management. Uh, Spine certainly has its challenges that uh, I think you see across the entire marketplace. Do you know if you're making any changes uh, to your supplier base regarding supply chain? Other med tech companies are. They're certainly assessing their their list of suppliers. How how are, how is Striker Spine looking at things? Yeah, I think we're trying to mitigate risk wherever we can. Um, yeah. And there are opportunities to you know dual source or whatever, uh, just to make sure we don't or 
as seldom as possible uh, that we run into those challenges. And and honestly, our our supply chain folks at Stryker have done a tremendous job of making sure that we feel that pain to the slightest degree possible. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the Stryker Spine uh, portfolio. Oh, actually, no, I'm sorry. I wanted to hit upon the, the Mobius acquisition first. Uh, because you did, Stryker did buy K2M and then soon after bought Mobius, which brought in a cool imaging technology. What does Mobius bring or what did it bring into Stryker? And again, uh, going back to the integration question, I imagine it's all part of the big Stryker spine family now. Uh, yeah, that last statement is is accurate. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you're right. So Glad I could speak for you, Robbie. <laughs> yeah, okay. hey, listen, I'll take all the help I can get. Uh, no, totally agree. So in, tw- in 2019, uh, we did acquire Mobius and at the time, uh, their sister company, Cardan Robotics. And so, yeah, we've worked through that integration, but it was a strategically a phenomenal acquisition for the organization that really did bring best in class imaging modality, true CT, which in my opinion, and I'm a little biased, but the best imaging from a resolution perspective, the best imaging platform in our space, we were able to to uh, bring in a number of really, really talented folks, and then just to create a really strong imaging pipeline that is core to our strategy moving forward from an enabling technologies perspective. So it was a really, really strong strategic move, and we continue to to leverage the competencies and the assets that we acquired as a result. Excellent. So let's talk about your, your product portfolio. Maybe we can highlight a few areas, but just looking at your website, so I don't have a lot of great market research here, but you, you've got the, the space pretty well covered. Do you see Stryker's offerings being comprehensive uh, and hitting upon all the points you need to hit upon in, in addressing the spine market? Absolutely. I mean, when you look at our portfolio, Tom, it's as, as broad and comprehensive as anybody's. And where we have had gaps, the team has done a phenomenal job of addressing those gaps, both through uh, organic new product development or through partnerships with other organizations. And then, you know, when you look at at both sides of our business, so mainly our core spine business, pedicle screws, inner bodies, biologics, we, we have anything you'd want. And then when you flip to the other side, the enabling technologies business, imaging, navigation, data, aggregation platforms, uh, we've we've got it all. And, uh, and I think you'll continue to see us uh, grow that platform. And we have some exciting technologies in the pipeline that uh, will be coming to a hospital near you soon enough. <laughs> Do you see, uh, we've talked about two massive acquisitions that now have happened a couple of years ago. They, they seem to be digested and part of the company. Is acquisition, M&A, is it, is it part of uh, growth for, for Stryker spying going forward? Yeah, Tom, as you know, it's a growth strategy for us as an organization. And that that will, I think that will continue at the appropriate time or as Kevin and, and the leadership team and the board sees fit. And uh, as Kevin has mentioned on every earnings call and every opportunity that he gets. Uh, Stryker is committed to spine, which means we're committed to M&A where it makes sense. And so I think uh, you'll see us continue to use capital to acquire technologies where we need it. But, but honestly, I think the team has done a really nice job of being able to create organic new products. And so we're, we're starting to churn out some really cool new product solutions. Um, and so we're going to continue to do that where we don't have the competency or just Perhaps speed is an issue. We may look to leverage M&A, whether through asset acquisition or through partnerships, distribution, or what have you. But, um, you know, again, we're in a really good spot from a portfolio perspective, and it is a pretty comprehensive portfolio as you look across our different product categories. Uh, final, final big question about Spine. I mean, you mentioned 
Kevin Lobo and his his uh, view of M and A. I mean, famously, Stryker moved first in in robotics in the orthopedic space with the acquisition of Mako and Spine. We're seeing some other players bring robotics into into Spine. How is Stryker viewing the opportunity for or the need to have a surgical robotic system in the Spine space? Great question, Tom. Listen, robotics guidance imaging. Those are all things that are critical to our long-term strategy. And I think those will be linchpins to how we win in spine moving forward. Uh, As Kevin mentioned in the earnings call, we are currently developing a spine application for Mako that will integrate with our navigation technology, Q Guidance. So I think you'll see that at some point in the future. We're we're not uh, communicating timelines just yet. That'll come in the coming months. But uh, that is a part of our long-term strategy. Makes all the sense in the world for us. Uh, As you know, Mako is a very, very powerful brand. We've got greater than 1,500 Makos placed throughout 33 countries. Uh, So it does really give us an opportunity to leverage that platform and the 16 years of clinical history to really bring unique value to our customer base. So that's how we're looking at it. uh, And that's what we're working on. Fantastic. Well, lots of exciting stuff happening there. Look forward to uh, keeping track of your story. And thanks for, for joining us in the podcast. You got it. Thanks for having me, Tom. Well, that is a wrap. Thanks so much, Robbie Robinson, for joining us on Striker Talks. Thanks, of course, to Tegra Medical for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Thank you to listening. And uh, please do do me a favor. Please share this podcast episode on social media. When you do that, connect with me. I am on LinkedIn, Tom, S-A-L-E-M-I, at Device Talks, or you can find me on Twitter, at MedTechTom. Please also consider subscribing or following the Device Talks Podcast Network so you can have future episodes of Striker Talks sent directly to your inbox as soon as they come out, directly to your listening device, I should say, not your inbox. So lots of great ways for you to uh, keep in touch with our terrific Striker content. Once again, that is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next time. We'll have another great episode of the Striker Talks Podcast sent directly to you. 